Baseball Money is Fake on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. Start your engines with Rod and Cody and get ready to gamble on the Daytona 500 this Sunday. Welcome to Baseball Money is Fake, a fantasy baseball podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I am Blake Meyer, as always. Is back again. I probably sound like I did the previous episodes before the first one because I'm an idiot and bought a new camera for YouTube and recorded our last episode with the camera in my microphone or not in my microphone in my webcam. So that did not. I sounded kind of far away, but I should probably sound a little better now. I hope. Uh, here again, as always, with Ryan Gilbert. How you doing today, Ryan? Doing pretty good. Uh, this week moved, moved along pretty quickly after a, uh, a slow Monday and Tuesday. So here on Thursday evening, you guys are probably listening to this on Friday or even the weekend or even after this because you know these episodes are evergreen here, going through our second second uh, half tiers of the outfielders, just as we have for every other infield position so far. And then we got the uh, pitchers left. So excited to get into this. This is where, I mean, yeah, excited to get into it. I'll, I'll leave it at, at that for now. <laughs> we don't got to dive right in just yet very excited to get into it i've been picking up a lot of the content lately a lot of writing things like that i just finished a uh, fantasy pros article last night about some points leagues players guys that got uh, more value in points leagues compared to category leagues one of the longest articles i've written in a while enjoyed the hell out of it should be published tomorrow for everybody to go check out and we've got a lot more content coming on sportsgamblingpodcast.com as well and also, we got another five-star rating on Apple. So if this as much as we know you do, as much as we love you, if you guys could click that five-star rating, leave us a review on Apple, on Spotify, whatever you listen on. It's very beneficial to us, especially with the season nearing, and we really appreciate it. Yeah, those ratings and reviews go a long way. Also, just, you know, if you know a baseball fan, tell them about it. Tell them about this uh New uh, great podcast. This one is fake. Uh, primarily fantasy baseball, but you know we're going to get into some other stuff. Uh, hopefully, we're going to get a Twitch account going. We got the MLB The Show with twenty three technical tests out right now. I've been playing a little bit of that, dabbling in that. So that'll be that'll be fun. And uh, I think that launches or comes out before the season even starts. So that'll be a uh, a good taste of video game baseball before we get some uh, actual baseball in. I don't know. Is opening day March something or, or first week of April? I think it's like I March thirty first or thirtieth. Yeah, I think it's very, very, very end of March. Yeah, I'm excited for the show. Although I'm, I've been playing forever, and I am so bad. Like I'm not good, <laughs> but I will gladly play on stream so people can watch me be not good in the technical test. I'm, I'm cool with that. Uh, I mean, it's been a minute since I played, but right now is about the time that I start firing up last year's so that mm-hmm. I can get back into the swing of things. No pun intended, but it works. And uh, yeah, I'll gladly play on stream, get my ass kicked, watch me strike out, but then like hit two bombs and win two one. I'm down for that. Yeah, that, that's uh, what I just did last week, late last week, because I, I, I usually play NHL, 
make sure to check out the hockey gambling podcast if you're a hockey fan. But you know, I could stay. Also, I started picking up uh, the sticks from MLB last year. Played some Battle Royale there. That's primarily what I've been playing uh, in the tech test as well. So yeah, I, 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 I'm decent. I used to be pretty good. I, I can get up close to World Series and Diamond Dynasty, but it, it, it's a struggle once you get up to rating 600 700 especially 800 it gets it, like you said it's just you strike out 20 times you hope you hit two bombs and win two one it's 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 fun though it's a fun video game definitely it's fun it is and it, it, it scratches that baseball itch when you can't get it, especially since it comes up before the season and i know a uh, friend of the program gary sheffield jr also plays mlb the show so i kind of when we get the twitch up i kind of want to hit him up and go one-on-one on stream just to see how it goes. I know he's, if you played him, it'll be the show before and you played Diamond Dynasty. He told me that he's like makes it to World Series all the time. It's like he's way better than I am, but I'll take one for the team. I'll bite that bullet and I will get my ass kicked by Gary Sheffield Jr. Yeah, we should do a uh, play play against friends, me, me versus you on stream just for the tech test. Because the tech test is all about just like, you know, trying out the new stuff. There's a new throwing meter this year, there's like new animations and stuff. So. I saw that. I don't want to play like online with with people trying to like strike me out or just throwing like a bunch of pitches <laughs> outside of the zone. No, put put the throw throw in the zone. Get the ball on play. T- t- test these new things out because nothing matters. Everything's going to be gone yeah. in a week or when, whenever it ends. So yeah, hopefully that'll be some fun. Maybe we, we uh, do that this weekend. I saw a picture. I think it was on Reddit earlier on the MLB the Show Reddit. Uh, somebody said Degrom hit like a hundred and four against them in Diamond Dynasty. <laughs> I I start I mean I mean we're taking a deep dive in MLB the show but I couldn't hit Bobby Miller at 102 last year in Diamond Dynasty he kicked my ass so I don't think I'm gonna be able to catch up to 104 <laughs> mile an hour anything from anybody on there this is not gonna work yeah that, that that's crazy fast there all right so before, last episode before, oh do you well, want to do before that before we get into this make sure uh, you follow us on YouTube and TikTok Blake's been doing a great job there working on some some video editing skills to get those get those stuff up Trying. there TikTok. Uh, YouTube. I'm going to get better on the Instagram there as well, and, and as Twitch, as we just talked about. But most importantly, make sure you are subscribed to the Baseball Money is Fake podcast and listening on that feed, not just the Sports Gambling Podcast Network feed, even though that that's great as well. And as we said before, make sure you leave us a five-star rating and review for Baseball Money is Fake. It helps grow the show and uh, should only uh, take off here more as the season Season starts with spring training and World Baseball Classic and all that fun stuff. Yeah, we are flirting with a uh, top 100 on Apple Podcasts right now. So, and I expect to see it pop up on Spotify here soon as well. So, we're getting we're getting very very close, especially as the season gets closer. And I'm excited for that. Thank you, everybody that listens, especially those of you that have been here since day one. It's I'm sure it sounds similar to you guys, but I know like on my end, I can tell how far we've come from that first episode till now. I mean, I was a podcast baby or a podcast virgin on our first episode. So from then till now, I feel like I have a podcast voice, which I don't know how I feel about that because even mm-hmm. like a little inside baseball on bunny is fake. My girlfriend listens to this. Hi, Tyler. Um, and she told me that she was like, you do not talk on the podcast like you talk in like real life. And I was like, you know what? I, I like that, but I don't like that because I, I, I'm here trying to sound like I know what the hell I'm talking about, but I also like, I don't want to sound like too over the top official, but I, yeah, I've I, come I, a long I, way. I'm not as nervous as I used to be and all that. 
Yeah, and that's that's I guess the upside of starting at the end of the season. Well, the downside was not being able to grow the podcast. It's able to. We're on episode thirty-seven now. We had a got a plenty of plenty of experience under our belts, and yeah, I've also been told I have two separate podcast voices. I use one for this and one for the hockey podcast. Which, sure, it, it, it is what it is. And then I probably have uh, my third when I'm talking about WinBet. WinBet is the official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet's active in a bunch of states, and there are tons of way to, ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays, a.k.a. WinBet's Build Your Own Bet. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, get $100. Limited to state availability. And, of course, if you hit the biggest long-shot parlay of the week, you get $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Offer something to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present. So we play through and available. If you or somebody knows a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Okay, so last episode, we jumped into our outfield uh, I don't really want to call them rankings because we kind of went, uh, Ryan broke everybody down for outfielders from, I think we have one to 50 and mm-hmm. uh, we broke them down into tiers kind of by grouping them up by like where their ADPs are. And then we went through like the groups, talked about who we like, who we don't like that sort of thing. We made it through 21. So today we're picking up at number 22, this tier, we teased it a little bit, I think last time, cause I couldn't shut my mouth, but uh, uh, it is 22 through 27. Uh, we've got Byron Buxton, Stephen Kwan, Bryce Harper, Anthony Santander, Christian Yelich, and our boy MJ Melendez. Ryan, of all of those, who are you the highest on? Um, overall, it may not be the highest on this guy, but I think in, in this tier, I think he should be higher, is uh, Anthony Santander. He's had a great year last year for the Orioles, 33 home runs, uh, 89 RBIs. And looking at his, at his previous years, from 2019 to 2021, he had 49 home runs in 240 games, which for for a 162-game season is 33 home runs and 95 RBIs uh, per season. So if he can stay healthy, which he did last year, as well as most of the, the previous year, he's hitting in the middle of that improved Orioles lineup. It's only getting better with uh, Mullins, Rutschman, and Gunner ahead of him. Hitting cleanup there, projected to hit 30 home runs on fan graphs here. So he's a, a steady power hitting outfielder. His average 241, 240 the past two seasons. But Santander, even with that, the uh, the wall move back there, Camden Yards, left field, he hit some bombs there. Uh, he's a switch hitter, so he does take advantage of the kind of short porch there in right field as well. And yeah, you look at his stat cast page. It's mostly red, exit velocity, expected low bucks, but the batting averages, expecting barrel, expected slugging, like everything there. But I think he is one of the only guys here you can kind of count on, um, along with the guy I'm sure you're going to bring up. But like Buxton and Harper, I think you're both, like you know Harper's missing half the year. He had surgery, and you can assume Buxton is probably going to miss maybe not half the year, but a quarter of the year, maybe a third of the year. So if you if you do, do get two outfielders by this point or even three outfielders by this point maybe do take Buxton or take Harper for that uh for the upside later in the year but I think uh Anthony Santander is probably the one out of this bunch that I would like most at that ADP of uh 113 he's very underrated because you don't 
hear many people talk about his name when you talk about uh, outfielders to target for this year. And I mean, very sneakily hit 33 home runs last year. Like you said, I was not, I didn't even realize that he hit 33 home runs last year. And all I do is look up baseball stats. Uh, he had a career best 11.6% barrel rate, which is pretty damn impressive. Uh, a hard hit rate, 43.3%, just shy of his career best. But he dropped his K rate 5% from 2021 down to below 20%. He had a career best walk rate at 8.5%. So he plays really well in points leagues, too. He gives you everything you want. He gives you that sub 20% K rate. He gives you the little higher walk rate with some power. He can hit you some doubles. I think he hit 23 last year. No, wait. I think he had more than that. He hit 20, 24. I was close. He hit 24 and knocked in 89. So he's hitting in the heart of a really good lineup. He's good in category leagues. He's good in points leagues. That's a good choice. That wasn't where I was going to go. And I feel like it should have been maybe. Now well, that I'm looking I think I, I know where you're going, and that's why I didn't select him. Because I think Santander, like you said, is is under talked about. The person I'm going to go for now, you got me in my head about who I'm going to pick. Because there's two people here that I could go with. The one I'm highest on is MJ Melendez. Ooh. If I had to pick one, I think you mm-hmm. were thinking I was going to go Mr. Kwan. Yeah, yeah, I, oh, your, I thought uh, about it. Leagues. Yeah, I, Point League's in my jam, and I just wrote about Stephen Kwan. He's the number one person I wrote about in that Fantasy Pros article last night. But I didn't have to compare him to MJ Melendez, so it's okay. Uh, Melendez is a guy that we have been on heavily, especially since day one, even our episodes in the beginning that nobody was listening mm-hmm. to at the end of the year, like right before the Fantasy Playoffs started. He's a guy that flew a little under the radar just because he plays in Kansas City, but he has catcher and outfield. Uh, dual eligibility. The only other person that has that is uh, Dalton Varsho. Logan O'Hop might have that. I'm thinking, like, I, for whatever reason, that's in my head right now. He may not, but he may. Uh, but MJ Melendez, 10.5% barrel rate, 90.7 mile per hour, average exit below 43.5% hard hit rate. Didn't strike out a ton, only 24%, and his walk rate was over 12%. He hit 18 home runs, but he's the guy that really, really, really was a victim of the shift last year. Shifted 78% of the time. His Woba with the shift was 278, but without it was 418. So I have seen the picture circulating of, I'm not sure if you've seen it, of how teams are going to combat, combat, Jesus, how they're going to combat the no shift rule, how they're going to bring the left fielder down between the first and second baseman and kind of rock two outfielders now, one in center field and one in right field. I, I are, don't are know how... I don't know how legitimate it is that teams are really just going to take their left fielder and put him between first and second base. But I mean, there's a lot of prominent people that are talking about the fact that teams are legitimately considering doing that. And if they do boo them because that's lame as fuck. And also, well, it's also lame as fuck to to ban, to ban a shift. Like you should let teams put defenders wherever they want to put them. So if they can get around exactly. it with, with that outfielder, move them in a little bit, go for it. I'm curious also, how that works because the way oh, – go ahead. But also, like, it's just going to be not insane shifts because you're, you're still going to have, like, the shortstop for left-handed batters. It's just going to be right behind the second base bag. So you're still not going to have those up-the-middle hits. But, yeah, if 
having to have both feet on the, on the uh, dirt is probably more of an impact than just two on each side. But yeah, if they can, if there's, I'm assuming no restriction to where the outfield plays. Yeah, just play them shallow. Have them have a good arm in right field and throw them out. Yeah, and they're gonna. They're, they're talking about how teams are going to need like a um, a more athletic third baseman now because they're going to have to cover left field out there in that little area since they're going to take they'd be shifting that left fielder over and it 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 does logistically it doesn't make sense it does make sense but it doesn't make sense because teams were shifting but still having three outfielders so they could they had a little bit of insurance out there if you're shifting and they just have two outfielders now. That doesn't really help you at all because the shift before it was limiting ground balls and it was limiting line drives that went over there. It wasn't having any impact on fly balls. But now, if you're taking one outfield or from the other side of the field and also putting them in the infield, you're not limiting line drives anymore. You're only limiting ground balls at that point. So I think hard hitting lefties that have a high line drive rate, like like Corey Seager has, he's a left a lefty with a high line drive rate. Like he's still not going to be affected by them bringing a, a freaking left fielder over to play between first and second. So I don't really know. Uh, that was a long tangent just to say yeah. by MJ Melendez <laughs> at his ADP all the way down at 186. I know on fantasy pros, I have him as my, what my number six catcher. Where, where, where did you say 186? On or 118.6. That's better. <laughs> Dang. If he was 186, 186 why the hell out of him? Absolutely. <laughs> Um, who, okay. Who would you rather have? I, I'm now looking at, because we took these ADPs from the fantasy pros, uh, consensus from a bunch of different, different, uh, things. It looks like they've added Yahoo since then. And a bunch of these things have Ooh. changed, but we're going based off what, what we, what we did on Tuesday. Um, would you rather have Harper or Buxton for, for, for the season? Ooh, Buxton. Just Buxton, because, okay. see, that's hard to say. Cause. He obviously has way more injury risk overall, but Harper is currently injured. Yeah, but you like know, if you take, you if you know, take Buxton's, you know, you're getting Harper for the fantasy playoffs, though, and Buxton is more likely to get hurt in season. So it's 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 a tough call, and it probably comes down to that's who, true. who you've drafted up to that point and what kind of um, tolerance for risk you have. Yeah, I'm just the more I'm looking at Buxton's numbers, the more. He's one person I might be willing to I mean, I risk it all for him with these these numbers. Uh, in his last 153 games, he has 36 doubles and oh, I got to do 47. math, uh, like 40, 37 home runs. So 36 doubles, 37 home runs. 47. Is that right? 47 over the, home pa- over the past two seasons. Yeah. Yeah, like that, and it's only like one season's worth of games. So in five hundred and eighty-five at bats, which is normally you like to see a guy get like six hundred ABs, especially some of the hits a little higher up in the order than Buxton. Like that's nuts. So I mean, his average sucked last year, but he hit three hundred six in twenty twenty-one. So I mean, it's a big if he can stay healthy moment. Which can he stay healthy? Realistically, probably not. But at least at the beginning of the year, you're going to get a good version of him where you get no version of Harper. Yeah, I mean, Buxton, when he's healthy over the past three seasons, uh, his 162-game average is 51 home runs and 93 RBIs. So he has all the potential in the world. He just has not been able to stay healthy 
at all. And he's had a, a wide variety of injuries. He had a hip injury, knee injury, hip, knee, hand, hamstring over the past few years. It seems he's someone that's susceptible to, to injuries, whatever, whatever it may be. So I, I it sucks because like he's someone that, yeah, if you if you get him here and he stays healthy, he's gonna be probably the steal of the draft, but you're just risking a lot for him to possibly only play maybe just played less than half of the games because last season was the first time since 2019 he played in over 87 games. But um, yeah, last you... guy last guy in this one we haven't talked about is Christian Yannick. What, what has happened to him? Because looking at his baseball savant, he has a good exit velocity. He has a good expected batting average, good walk rate, bad K rate. But like this guy was just a perennial MVP candidate, perennial first round pick. And now he's like, okay, I, this is going to be a guy like I, I could see falling in a bunch of drafts because he's had back to back, just bad years. Yeah, for real. He had 36 home runs in 2018, 44 in 2019. I mean, even the 12 in 2020 wasn't really that bad in 58 games. They hit 12 home runs. I take that, but nine in 117 games in 2021. And then 14 in 154 games last year. Like, and he didn't even have he had he batted two fifty two, pretty good. I gotta take that. And he stole nineteen bases. He just he went from this power hitter, just do it all type of guy to now he's just like a he's like a good guy to he'd be like a good six or seven hitter on a team. But he's Christian Yelich, so you you don't really want to bat him that low. I don't really know. I'm I'm out on him this year. Mm-hmm. Like I want to fade him completely just because I don't see where the fantasy relevance comes from. And if I'm taking him in the 10th round, I want some kind of high ceiling type of guy. Like in the same thing, like I could get Santander five picks before that, who is going to produce in all league formats way more than Yelich is even going to dream of being able to this year. So I don't really know, but I'm, I'm out on him this year. I can't do it. Yeah, I mean, so so it's safe to say for for that tier, we're highest on uh, Melendez, Santander, and Quan, and then Buxton and Harper are kind of injury risks both there, and then Yelich is, is easily at the bottom. And easily. then this next tier was initially from uh, 28 to 38 between ADPs 125 and 152, but I'm splitting it in half here. We got we got a top five of Chris Bryant, Seiya Suzuki, Tyler O'Neill. Taylor Ward and Giancarlo Stanton there from uh, 125 to 135 ADP. Uh, any of these guys stick out to you one way or the other? I don't know if I have a strong take on any of them. I mean, I don't really have a, too strong of a take on many of them. Uh, I know Giancarlo Stanton excites me, I guess would be the mm-hmm. word to use, just because he's still he's not really that old. He's only 33. I'm 34, so as far as I'm concerned, he's he's young as hell. But injuries aside, he had a pretty good year last year. Like he hit 31 home runs in 110 games. I'll take that all day long. Only seven doubles though. Seven doubles, no triples. 31 home hit 211. Really weird year. But he hits the shit out of the ball. He had a 19% barrel rate, 95 mile an hour average exit velo. That hard hit rate. He struck out 30% of the time, so just fade him in points leagues. But in every other league, I'll take him. I, there was that stat going around the other day about like uh, hard hit balls or whatever it was. Balls hit 115 miles an hour or more since 2017, and Stanton has like 58, and the next person has like, 
I don't know, it was like 12 or something like that. The next person was Judge, who hardly had any compared to Stanton. So I like him for the home run upside in category leagues. But outside of that, uh, Tyler O'Neill, I think he could have he might have been a flash in the pan. Ward has solid upside though with the Angels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of right, right there on board with you with, with Stanton and just having that that home run power. He's hit 30 plus home runs each of the past few years when he's healthy. Projected at 31 again this year. Projected to back cleanup after Glaber, Judge, Rizzo. So as long as Judge and Rizzo don't hit bombs all the time, he may have some people ahead of him. Yeah, I think Taylor Ward is a uh, is a sneaky guy. He had 23 home runs last year, hit 281. Was he the one that was like leading the league in average, then had that nerve injury? Yeah. So if, if he's yeah. back to being healthy, I I had Ward in my uh, keeper league in like June, right right around when he got got that injury and he really slowed down. So if he can get back to that form, I think he's a, a sneaky guy here. O'Neill, Suzuki don't really. Have I probably just staying away from those guys totally unless they fall? And then Chris Bryant is always a wild card there. Um, depending on where you play, he probably might have third base or outfield, or no, he's got outfield, third base or first base. Probably let me, let me check what he has on Yahoo real quick. He only only outfield on Yahoo, so, so never, yeah, because he oh. didn't play anything anywhere else last year because he was hurt. But I don't, I still don't think he has the potential that. Stanton does. I think maybe he'll hit 25 home runs, but Stanton should hit at least 30 Yankee Stadium. So, yeah, Stanton's probably my, my top guy there, and then my bottom would probably be O'Neal or, or Suzuki. I think my bottom is O'Neal, too. I think O'Neal gets, ends up getting traded this year just because he did not have a good season last year after having that really good 2021. And they have too many young outfielders there that are actually producing. So I think they're going to move on from O'Neal while they can, and he's going to go to who knows where, but that's a question mark I don't want to deal with. Even though he plays in a good lineup, did he start the year with the Cardinals? Like, they got some hitters in there. He score runs. He's got a little pop still, but, yeah, like you said, Ward, I want Ward on a lot of my teams just because he kind of came out of nowhere last year on that Angels team, and they're going to have a good lineup this year so he's going to be in line for rbis he's going to be in line for runs decent average if he can keep up that 280 average he had like a 360 on base percentage which is nice as well solid for points leagues and if he can hit 20 to 25 home runs again he'll be a solid fantasy contributor down whatever his adp is all the way down uh every time i go to like open the thing to check the adps i switch it it just refreshes Mm -hmm. it so i look like it uh, 131 is his ADP, 11th round. Yeah, like, I'd take him in the 11th round. It's like third outfielder. Yeah, I, I didn't realize how good O'Neill was two years ago. He had 34 home runs. Last year he had 14 and 96 games, but most of them came in the uh, second half. He had second half. He had 10 home runs and 48 games. First half he only had four home runs in the same amount of games. Uh, seven home runs in August, two more in September, October before he got hurt. So maybe there is still some potential there. Still uh, 27 years old. So he's not going to be a, a do not draft for me, but maybe if, if he falls a little bit below his uh, 128. And then I got burned by him last year, so that might be affecting my uh, judgment a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I, I understand that. And then the, the lower <laughs> half or, or this next tier, whatever, um, 33 down to 38, ADP is 140 to 153. 
We have Jake McCarthy, Amev Rosario, Andrew Vaughn, Nick Castellanos, Brandon Nimmo, and Hunter Renfro here. Um, another just uninspiring group of outfielders here. And this is the top 30 to, to 40 guys. So this these are going to be rostered in 12-team leagues as, as third outfielders, if not if not higher, if, if you don't get one sooner there. And I don't know if there's really anyone there that I like. I, I don't really like Andrew Vaughn. We talked about him in the first Boring. base episode. Um, I'm looking up Jake McCarthy right now because I think, feel like McCarthy could be could be decent. Um, last year, half a year, eight home runs at 283, 23 stolen bases, so he does have that speed there. I do want to see Nick He's Castellanos. In this one. Okay, I do, I do want to see how Nick Castellanos does after you know having a season in Philly and, and getting acclimated there and, and you know having the playoffs and after after the playoffs hopefully he can come back and have that weight off his shoulders and he he did he was hitting decently in the first few months of the last year then he had that i believe a wrist injury or elbow injury that impacted his swing so he's not going to be have too much pressure on him probably batting fifth or sixth in the lineup there as a phillies fan i, I have to like him and yeah the other guys are just just kind of guys for me yeah, fucking nerd Brandon Nemo. Castellanos is probably the biggest name of all of them that's in this group. I don't even know if I read the the name. Uh, it's, so from 33 to 38, Jake McCarthy, Ahmed Rosario, Andrew Vaughn, Nick Castellanos, Brandon Nemo, Hunter Renfro. If you read those, I'm taking this out. But uh, Castellanos is the, the biggest name if you want to go by name value. But, man, his freaking stat cast page sucked. Everything is blue. Everything is blue, so I don't, I don't know. I mean, you know better than me because you're a Phillies fan. So, it, like you said, if he did heat up a little bit, I get it. I might fade him though, but I like Hunter Renfro in that Angels lineup. I don't. He's not my favorite of the group. It's still Jake McCarthy, but Hunter Renfro brings some more pop to that Angels lineup that I think we talked about a couple episodes ago. I think they have like six guys that could hit twenty plus home runs or something. Which is pretty crazy. Like that that's that's a scary lineup to have. He hit twenty-nine last year and barrel rate at eleven percent, average exit velo ninety miles an hour, hard hit rate forty-three percent. He doesn't even strike out much, twenty-three percent, which is cool. Like he's he's a good hitter. He struggles with off speed. He only hit two oh four off off speed pitches last year, but uh he hit fastballs three oh two, eighteen home runs off of him, which is an improvement over twenty twenty one. He's a guy that is going to hit probably, I don't know, you're you're the, the lineup guy. He'll probably hit fifth or sixth in that Angels lineup. And they fifth, have a decent enough top of the order. Yeah, they have a decent enough top of the order that he's going to be up to bat with guys on base more than likely. And that's everybody just sits a bunch of solo home runs all the time. So I like him, but Jake McCarthy is the one that when I was doing all those mock drafts religiously on the Fantasy Pros Draft Simulator, I all always found myself taking Jake McCarthy as a fourth outfielder. His ADP is 140. His season last year, if you just look at it, wasn't like something that necessarily is going to blow you away. And I know it's Arizona, which also, I mean, is Arizona good at any sports? They're not um, good. I mean, the Phoenix Suns are pretty good. Yeah, the Suns Cardinals are good. Cardinals suck. Yeah. Coyotes knows suck. The Coyotes are yeah, they got the Suns. Yeah, out there, so like, yeah, they, they got somebody. But then a hundred, how many games he played? He played ninety nine games last year. Sixteen doubles, three triples, 
eight home runs, 23 stolen bases. Rough math would average that out to like 14 or 24 doubles, four triples maybe, and 12 home runs with 35 stolen bases. That's not bad, especially for a guy that hit 283 with a 342 on base percentage. There's nothing about his stat cast page that's going to inspire anybody. He doesn't make crazy hard contact with the ball, but he's one of those guys that has a high line drive rate. So he will consistently have a higher on base percentage, which is nice. And he's in the 98th percentile in sprint speed. That Arizona outfield has nothing but speed with him and Corbin Carroll. I don't know where they're going to bat him. Honestly, he feels like a lower in the lineup type of guy, but he's going to be a multi-category contributor and an elite speed option, which like that late in the draft. Yeah, I think I think McCarthy looking at, into him more can can be someone that you have as your, your third or fourth outfielder and just kind of balance things out with. Douglas hit third now on Fangraphs uh, behind Corbin Carroll and Cattell Marte ahead of Christian Walker. So plenty of opportunities for him to uh, get on base and maybe use his speed, just score some runs with Christian Walker behind him. Yeah, I also do quite like uh, Hunter Renfro. This is his third team in as many years. He had 30, 31 home runs at, in, in Boston, 29 last year in 125 games with Milwaukee, hit 33 back in San Diego back in 2019. So no matter where he goes, he just hits bombs. Uh, I could see him being more of like a, uh, not quite a Giancarlo Stanton, but a Giancarlo Stanton light where it's like a, it's someone that's going to get your home runs, hopefully get you some RBIs and maybe do a decent average, but but not not quite good. I, I like that comparison. I like that. Uh, so the next group, though, is only three guys after that. I mean, I, there's a lot more. Like, we, But the next group is 39 through 41. Uh, Ian Happ, Jeff McNeil, my boy Mitch Hanniger, ADPs of 170, 174, and 175, all 15th rounders. Is there any one of those that really jumps out at you? Yeah, I just grouped those three together because the one ahead of Hap is 152, and then the one after Hanager is 191. So they're like the three there, just round 15. Um, possibly Jeff McNeil, depending on on where he bats in the lineup. I know Fangraphs has him projected to hit fifth behind Alonzo, so maybe he'll get some RBI opportunities if they walk Alonzo or pitch around him and want to go against a, a guy who has no power at all with McNeil. But he hits for average. He, he puts the ball in play. Gets on base at an 836 OPS last year. It's pretty decent for him. Uh, not much mm-hmm. speed, but yeah, he'll another. Obviously, having a second base eligibility does help. Gives you that uh, flexibility if you have him as your fourth outfielder. Put him there. He'll, he'll hit the ball. He had 39 doubles last year, 73 runs, 62 RBIs. So it's 326. I don't mind him as a um, as a fourth outfielder. Yeah, I like it. He was one of the guys also that was in my points league right up last night. Uh, my choice for this one is very much kind of league dependent because if you're in a points league, my choice is Jeff McNeil just because he's like ESPN points leagues. He was the number six second base on last year. I think between uh, I compared ESPN, CBS, Fantrax, and Yahoo, and he was anywhere from sixth to tenth for because he has second base eligibility also. As long as well as outfield, and he was anywhere from the sixth to the tenth best second baseman. So, if I mean, even if you're in a twelve team league, ten team league, that's a, a tier one second baseman as far as I'm concerned in points leagues. But for overall, I'm actually going to go with Ian Happ 
much like Anthony Santander, he is a very underrated type of guy. Not talked about a ton. He hit 271 last year with 42 doubles and 17 home runs in 158 games. Most games he's ever played in the season. Far and away a career high in doubles. He actually regressed a little in the home run department. He had 25 in 2021, so he jumped down to 17, but still playing for the Cubs. They have an improved lineup this year. I want to see if maybe some of those uh, doubles can turn into a couple more home runs, Give him, maybe make him like a 35 double 22 home run guy hitting 271. That's pretty damn good out of somebody in the 15th round. Yeah, I was looking at Hap's numbers. I saw how many how many doubles he had, so I, I figured you would you would bring that number up. Was, yeah, that that shows he he's, <laughs> he's a good good hitter, good line drive hitter, and like you said, if he can get a little bit more power behind it, maybe he gets closer to that twenty five number he had the year before. But yeah, speaking of that improved Cubs lineup, our uh, final tier here from forty two down to fifty ADP of one ninety one down to two fourteen. We have a uh, Cody Ballinger. Alex Verdugo, Oscar Gonzalez, Whit Merrifield, Riley Green, Tyro Estrada, Harrison Bader, Lars Nupar, our boy, and Joey Manessis. <laughs> um, I'll start it off with, with Bellinger here. Bellinger, very similar to Christian Yelich. You know, they had that commercial years ago when they were going back and forth for MVPs. And now they're just both falling off the map completely. Uh, Bellinger going to Chicago shouldn't have too much pressure on him. You know, change of scenery can always be good for a player. I don't know if he'll hit 47 home runs or even 27, but the upside is there if you want to get him as a fourth, fifth, fifth outfielder. He's going to be playing every day just because the Cubs have no one else to play there. They signed him to, to play him. Projected to hit uh, seventh. Hap projected to hit third there, so that's good for Ian Hap. But yeah, I can see Bellinger move up that lineup too, especially if he starts to show some of his power or what he has shown in the past. Um, beyond, beyond him, I, I kind of do like Whit Merrifield as a bounce-back candidate. I mentioned him during our second base episode. Obviously, that versatility does help for him. He, he was good in KC for, for most of his career, uh, mm-hmm. career average of 285. And then last year overall, hit 250. Did hit 281 with the Blue Jays, five home runs in 44 games. So maybe we'll get 15 home runs, 60, 70 RBIs, but he he, he wouldn't be an outfielder. He, he'd be your, your second baseman or, or your, your till guy to kind of go in there. But uh, yeah, who are you looking at here? Oh, man, I got to do it. Our boy Lars. That's an easy one for me. I His ADP is down so far. Like He's at 205 right here. He's a guy that in all of my mocks, I have been taking just because he's our boy. But it, it does go beyond that, though. He is our boy because he came out of nowhere last year. Cool ass name, really fun player to watch. He put up big numbers that nobody was expecting. And he hit 14 home runs. Don't look at the 288 average. Forget that, Sarah. But 14 home runs last year. 228. Yeah, that's even worse. But like he 16 doubles as well, three triples. Got a little speed to him. He was a fun player to watch, and I think he's going to get full time abs this year. Big time pole hitter, which is going to, uh, I was just going to say it's going to hurt him, but with the no shift anymore, probably help him a little bit. He was shifted, trying to find it, but I can't see it on baseball savant. There were 53% of the time last year. His Woba with the shift, 312. Woba with no shift, 378. So considerably better. Uh, 12% barrel rate, 91% percent 
91.7 mile per hour average active velo. I'm killing this. Almost a 15% walk rate. So he does a lot of things really, really well. And if he can get that full season's worth of ABs, which I think will come at the expense of Tyler O'Neill, if or when he is traded, because they're going to have to make room for Jordan Walker out there as well. And they got all kinds of people in the outfield. They got Dylan Carlson. They got Juan Yapez. They got to find room somewhere. You can't leave Lars on the sidelines. No, and, and that stretch right before we uh, jinxed him and he went over 20-something, he was absolutely <laughs> incredible from July 9th to September 2nd, uh, 44 games, 135 at-bats. He had nine home runs, 26 RBIs, eight doubles with a uh, hit 296, OPS of 1.02, which extrapolates to a full season of at-bats, uh, 33 home runs, 96 RBIs. Walked a ton there. Got a few stolen bases. So he's, uh, how old is he? He's 25, going to be 26 in September. So still up and coming. And yeah, I don't see him getting benched unless he starts the season with one of those over 25 stretches and maybe they send him down in favor of these other guys. But yeah, Newt Bar at, at 205, 18th round. I, I, I love him right there as probably at that point, your fourth or fifth outfielder even. And then, you know, mm-hmm. if, if he, if he can have that stretch of what he what I just talked about for the full year, most of the full year, it's a fantastic pick. And if not, then you, you cut bait and pick up someone else that uh, is hot or you think has a uh, higher ceiling. Um, also, we've talked about before Joey Manessis, uh, first base and right fielder for the Nationals. I think he was also someone that we talked about on some of our earlier shows because I was like, oh, he came out of nowhere. Looked at him. He's thirty years old. He was a thirty-year-old rookie there, or twenty-nine. Yeah, thirty years old. Um, Thirteen home runs in fifty-six games, which is thirty-eight in a full one hundred sixty-two game season. Hit three twenty-four. Uh, you wonder if teams are going to key in on him more a little bit now, though. That the Nationals—that's really all they have. They mm-hmm. have their lineup projected: Lane Thomas, C.J. Abrams, Manessis, Hebert Ruiz. Hit cleanup. Corey Dickerson, Gmar Candelario, Luis Garcia, Dom Smith, and Victor Robles. So that's the only thing holding me back is uh, Joey Manessis in that lineup. But, you know, if if the Nationals are smart, they'll trade him at the deadline if he has shown mm-hmm. so, any sort of promise to, to, a, to a contender. So Manessis, I, I wouldn't mind picking up here as a, a power threat that can play both first base and outfield. He might hit 20. 20- 20 solo home runs this year. <laughs> Nobody on base. He's, he's the kind of guy, like in that lineup, you, you could have a 30 home run, 57 RBI, mm-hmm. Joey Gallo style season. Uh, but one other guy that I wanted to key in on is he was, I kept calling him a league winner at the end of last year, just because, uh, especially in points leagues, the numbers he was putting up killed it. Oscar Gonzalez for the Guardians mm-hmm. in the second half of last year, he played 59 games. He hit 301 with 15 doubles and nine home runs and september october alone he hit 312 with seven doubles six home runs 20 rbi and scored 20 runs in 34 games he put up big numbers i want to see how that how that can go over an entire season like that because last year he only played 91 games at the major league level which is pretty good in 91 games had 11 home runs 43 rbis the dude does not walk. He 4% of the time last year, he walked. And in the minors, 
that's pretty par for the course. In five games at Double A last year, he walked twelve percent of the time. But before that, everything was five percent or three percent. So he's gonna hinder you in like on base percentage leagues and things like that. And that part of his game will hurt you a little in points leagues because I mean a walk is a point every single time. But the higher batting average is nice. Hit two ninety six. He should see regular at bats this year in Cleveland. Playing in the outfield, I don't know who else would take those ABs from him. Mm-hmm. So, if if he can have the kind of season this year that he ended last year with, he's worth a flyer that late in the draft. Especially he hit twenty seven doubles in ninety one games. That's that puts him up there in Ian Happ territory. And Ian Happ's going fifty picks before him for a full season. So. That's something else I'll be keeping an eye on later on. But with his latest, he's getting taken. What's he at? Uh, oh, he's at 193. I, I like him, but you you should already have your outfield filled out. But but that's how most of these guys are. At this at this point in the draft, in the late, like later round, 16, 17, 18, 19, you should already have your starters for those spots probably done. Or like if you're in a five outfield league, you should probably have three or four outfielders already, and he could be your fifth that you can throw in there. Yeah, another guy I just wanted to bring up is uh, Tyro Estrada. Can play second, short, and outfield. So another kind of high floor, low ceiling guy. He's not going to hit for power. His uh, baseball savant page is, is all blue, but he's going to be hitting atop the Giants' order. So get plenty of bats, plenty of counting stats there, and just a solid guy that can fill in at multiple positions. Yeah, you know we really love our uh, multi-position eligibility on this podcast can't be stated enough. Anybody that can play two, three positions in your fantasy lineup, especially in a daily league rather than a weekly one, massive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I, I think that's going to round out our, uh, our outfield rankings and tiers and all that good stuff. I have a feeling coming soon. Uh, we'll probably stay somewhat on the same path of what we did with infielders where we kind of, we went over some, we'll, we might cover some sleepers. We might cover some, some uh, some busts, things of that nature. We'll figure it out. Huh? Uh, but do not forget to follow us on all of our socials at Twitter. It's at Fake Baseball. Follow the coolest at on Twitter, uh, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. It is at Fake Baseball Money. Easy to find us. We're all over the place. We're getting all kinds of views and likes and all that good stuff. So if you don't want to just hear our voices, you'd like to see what we look like. It's not possible. We're out there all over the place. We're growing. we got a Facebook page, too. Just search Fake Baseball Money on there. All kinds of videos on there as well. When are we going to start? Are we going to start going live next week for, for outfield sleepers and busts? Or we want to want to give another week, maybe maybe debut that in March? We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, if you guys oh, no. are clamoring I, for I, it, I, let us know. But, uh, yeah, I think we can start, <laughs> we can start soon. Yeah, I, I'm down next week. I think that's that's All perfect. Right. I want to get like one more of these uh, record with my face episodes mm-hmm. in first, so I could get the feel for it. But I'm a lot more relaxed now. It, if you've never done a podcast, if you've done a podcast before, you probably like you understand what it's like going from never recording audio to recording audio to all of a sudden you're recording video as well. It's a weird transition every time you do it. It feels like going from the little leagues to college to pros. Like it's. It's a weird feeling. It takes a little bit to get used to, but I'm here now. I'm better. I feel great. You can not only hear my takes, but you can see my takes come out of my mouth as I say them now. And I would love to go live. And I think it's set up. We're going to be able to go live on 
like three different platforms at the same time? Yeah, probably Twitter, YouTube. Um, I'm not sure if you can go live on Twitch as well because that's set up. But yeah, primarily, primarily probably Twitter to get, and YouTube to get the interaction. So yeah, follow us at Fake Baseball on Twitter and subscribe to all of our uh, other social medias. They're in our link tree in our Twitter bio. Yes. And as always, you can catch me on Twitter at Balake, B-U-H-H-L-O-C-K-A-Y-E. And you can follow me on Twitter at rgilbertsop. And we'll catch you guys next time. Peace. Yeah.